Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. The Thai Expat Show is sponsored by ThailandBuySell.com. ThailandBuySell.com is a new classified ads website where you can place ads free of charge and shop. Ads can be placed in both Thai and English languages, and it's a very easy site to navigate. Visit ThailandBuySell.com today and sign up for free. Now that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with our first story of the day, which is in relation to PayPal and Thailand. In four months, PayPal will effectively be dead in Thailand for most users. Under new terms announced last week, the company said any personal accounts created before March 2021 will be unable to receive payments or hold a balance after February. The same rules apply for all business accounts not registered via the government's new Know Your Business or KYB program, a scheme intended to increase transparency in finance and combat money laundering. In essence, that means that one must have a KYB registered business account in order to have a PayPal account at all. Personal PayPal accounts in Thailand will be dead as of March. According to a PayPal customer service rep, Thailand is the only country in Asia with a PayPal presence to enact such rules. All registered business accounts will be charged a 7% VAT on transactions, domestic transactions can only be made in Thai BAT, and no money can be transferred to a US bank account. People can still make payments using a registered business account linked to a Thai bank, however. Some have reported payments for Spotify and New York Times subscriptions routed through PayPal being denied. According to PayPal rep, who was not authorized to speak to the media, this is simply a coincidence as the changes have yet to take effect. In other words, all PayPal accounts holders in Thailand are still able to pay for services. When the changes take effect, freelancers will be among those to feel the most pain. Those who rely on PayPal to receive payments from foreign vendors will no longer be able to do so without a registered business account. Graphic designers, teachers, writers and other online workers who work independently will almost certainly need to find new solutions. So will anyone seeking to transfer cash to their home country. That being said, those few who register business accounts will still be able to send money from Thailand to friends and families overseas as business transactions. The gist is that Thailand is overhauling its regulatory framework and it aims to accelerate its financial technology, industry and transition to a digital economy. PayPal must adhere to Thai law if it wants to do business here, specifically Thailand anti-money laundering and tax laws. In order to operate in Thailand, PayPal is required to have an FX e-money license and meet whatever standards that requires. On the user end of the equation, the KYB verification is part of a broader push by the Thai government to weed out money laundering. Among a litany of documents and personal information, it requires people to submit their 13-digit business identification number, proof of business address, and identity information information for the primary authorized user, each company shareholder with 25% or more ownership, and each additional executive or authorized user. That means you're in the system. But it's also about taxation. Sweet, sweet taxation. All those freelancers selling stuff on Etsy to make ends meet or supplement their 18,000 baht monthly salary, it's time to pay up. The Thai government is coming for you. So just a little bit of information about PayPal in Thailand, which essentially will be ending for personal use and will only be available for people with business accounts. Now, people who still have PayPal internationally will still, of course, be able to use it. But if your PayPal account was created in Thailand, is linked to your Thai bank account, it's effectively dead and you need to find a new way to transfer money into Thailand as, as such. So 
There'll be, there is other platforms, but they're not as friendly as PayPal. And PayPal is obviously accepted by a lot of international vendors, which is very useful. So it may create problems for people like people who use Etsy and other online uh, resellers like this. And moving along, the Thai Charter Court website hacked, renamed the Kangaroo Court. Thailand's Constitutional Court website has been hacked following yesterday's reading of its decision that three well-known anti-establishment leaders were attempting to overthrow the constitutional monarchy through their speeches given at Tamasad University Rangsit campus on August 10th, 2020. The court also ordered them to cease such activities. The court's website was compromised at 12.30pm, its homepage was renamed to Kangaroo Court, and a YouTube video of a song guillotine it goes yeah by debt grips was posted on the page we'll move along to the charter court says it rejected protesters plea to further inquiry as probe already concluded Thailand's constitutional court turned down the request by three anti-establishment leaders for the submission of additional oral evidence because it has already completed a year-long investigation under the inquestorial court system an inquestorial court system is a legal system on which the court, or part of the court, is actively involved in investigating the facts of the case. It is typical in countries with civil legal systems. Yesterday, the court ruled by 8 to 1 that the speeches made by anti-establishment leader Anand Nampa, Panung Jadnok and Panuseya Rung during a protest held at Tamasat University Rangsit campus on August 10th last year were acts of expression aimed at the overthrow of the constitutional monarchy. Before the reading of the ruling, a lawyer represented Presenting Anon, who could not attend the court session because he is being detained at Bangkok Raman Prison, brought with him well-known scholar Suluk Sivarakasa. He reportedly told the court that he would present Suluk as oral evidence and would like the court to take note of his request. He also said that he had been instructed by his client Anon to leave the courtroom if the court refused to accept his request for an inquiry of the case. The other lawyers, representing the other two, made a similar request for an inquiry. The two lawyers, Ampanusaya, walked out of the courtroom in protest after the court rejected the request to the f- for the submission of additional oral evidence. The court justified its decision to disallow additional evidence at the reading of the ruling by pointing out that the court had already completed the inquiry, which had lasted about a year. Supporters of the anti-establishment movement burned an effigy of the democracy movement near the constitutional court building last night in protest against the court's ruling. Protesters also threw protest leaflets on the floor in front of the court building after the reading of the ruling. Police deployed outside the building did not intervene reportedly out of concern that their intervention might provoke undesirable consequences. So that's just a little bit of information about what's going on in Thailand at the moment. I think where Thailand is probably heading down a very slippery path but any news like this we'll obviously bring it to you and uh, we'll move along to the next story. So today we had the CCSA uh, weekly meeting and there were some announcements made and we're going to go through them now. So the first one is Thailand's nightlife venues to reopen on January 16, 2022, subject to assessment. Pubs, bars and karaoke bars in Thailand's COVID-19 restricted zones and sandbox provinces may be allowed to reopen from January 16 on the condition that they meet the required criteria and pass assessments by relevant authorities according to the CCSA. The public health and interior ministries as well as the Bangkok Metropolitan Administration have been designated by the CCSA to enforce safety measures to be imposed on these venues. One of the required safety measures is that venues must improve their environment and air circulation systems and that all staff are fully inoculated against COVID-19. Pubs, 
bars and karaoke bars located in restricted and sandbox areas are given until January 16 to make preparations and improvements ahead of evaluation by assessment committees in each province. Venues which pass the assessment will be registered and allowed to reopen for business and must strictly comply with the safety measures. If a COVID-19 infection is found in any of the venues, it must be closed down. The CCSA, at its meeting today, agreed to reduce the COVID-19 dark red zone provinces to just Tak, Nakansi, Tamarat, Naritawat, Patani, Yala and Sankla, where infections are still spreading. The nighttime curfew between 11pm and 3am is in place only in the dark red zones until November 30th, pending a further CCSA decision whether to extend the curfew. Bangkok is now included among the Sangbox provinces, which also includes the popular tourist destinations of Krabi, Phuket and Panya. The ban on serving alcohol and eateries has been lifted in the Sangbox provinces and five other provinces deemed to be low risk for the spread of COVID-19. That's Nakansi. Panam, Bueng Khan, Muktahan, and Sakan Nakan. All the provinces classified as dark red, red, or blue zones are required to comply with the universal prevention and COVID free setting regimes. All international arrivals will still have to undergo an RT PCR test on arrival and then an antigen test on day six, according to the CCSA, following the Tourist Authority of Thailand's proposal to switch to only antigen tests to reduce the waiting time. Now, that's fairly devastating news for the likes of Patia, and I'm not sure why they're being excluded and why restaurants can't at least serve alcohol. It seems like some very, very strange decisions are being made by government at this moment of time that are definitely affecting people's livelihoods. And we're not just talking about bar owners, but we're talking about restaurant owners, entertainment owners, their staff, the vendors, and everybody else who are in the circle of this business. And yes, it's going to have a big effect. I mean, that's basically two more months. And there's no reasoning being given as to why it has to be January 16th, 2022. I think Patia is going to be a very strange place around Christmas and New Year's, and so is a lot of places. But this is the way the Thai government seem to be going right now. Now, the CCSA meeting, there was some speculation beforehand that the RT-PCR test on arrival was going to be dropped, and it was going to be replaced with a rapid antigen test. Now, that didn't happen, but there still is talk that it may happen. I think they're trying to gather a little more data in the next two weeks to be able to condone switching over. So if that did happen, that would be a very, very good thing. Basically, it would mean the one day quarantine and the hotel would be dropped. You just do the test at the airport and then you'd be free to go on your way. Now, that would be quite an improvement on what things are now. Now, there was some other news in relation to children between the ages of 12 to 18, which didn't get much uh, airplay on the media. But for at the moment, they have to be fully vaccinated as per Thai regulations, which means two doses. Now, some countries' regulations are only that they have to have one dose. Like, I think in the UK, it's only one dose for like a teenager. So they will recognize the one dose as per each country's regulation. So if the UK say it's only one dose we give here, they've said they'll recognize that. So that's a good thing. That means teenagers definitely able to travel under the test and go scheme if they've had one shot, which would be in adherence to the UK regulation. But they're going to have to sort out and know the regulations for every country, which is a lot of work. Now, moving along to the Thailand Pass, which has been getting some updates recently and upgrades in relation to the site, we can uh, now quickly bring to you some of the stuff that's there. Now, if you go on to the tp.consular.go.th page, which is for the Thailand Pass, you will see some new things on it. Firstly, they have a contact us button, which will show you the different ways you can 
contact them in case you're having issues. So there's now four phone numbers that are available for you to call, though I have heard that nobody ever really picks these up. And there's also an email address, so you can contact them by email as well. Uh, if you're emailing them, make sure you have your full name, your passport number, your date of arrival, okay? And, and that's if you're inquiring about your registration status. Now, another thing that they've added on to it, which is quite good, they've obviously been listening to people, is a way for you to check the status of your application. So you will see at the bottom, there's a button for check your status and you click English, and then you'll have to put in your access code, your passport number, and the email address that you use to register with. Now, when you register, you submit, they'll send you an email back and there will be an access code in that, and that will be the access code that you will use. Now, some other improvements that I've seen so far, when you're putting in your, before when you put in your arrival date, it then asks you for the number of days that you're going to stay. So people spent a long time trying to calculate how many days they were going to stay, etc. They now have a departure button where you just put in the departure date. So that makes things a little bit easier. Well, now, when it also, when it asks you for your email address, it specifically says, do not use Hotmail or Outlook. Now they have a known problem with that. And it's only recently that that warning has been put up on the website. They've also made sure that when you're going through it, they show you the way the document should be uploaded. So for example, your passport page should only be your passport page, just that rectangle, not the top page as well copied, just the information page with your picture and your details on it. That's the only way it should be uploaded. They also have written about and updated about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that you only enter the first dose, you don't enter the second. They've also put on it that you don't need to upload a QR code. You can just put in your vaccine certificate, your first and second dose. And then additionally, if you want, you can upload the QR code. Uploading the QR code, by the way, will make sure your Thailand pass is processed a lot faster. Now, apparently the identity key that they have in order to speed up the process of verifying these vaccine vaccination certificates is only for about 30 countries and it seems to be mainly the EU countries so that's 27 of them I think Singapore is another one I'm not sure what the other countries are actually they don't really tell you but they have said that most of the European Union countries now let's be honest if it's the European Union countries it's probably all of them as they all use the EU digital pass and that's currently the information we have in relation to the Thailand pass they obviously are trying to improve it make it more user friendly get the turnaround time on the QR code done faster I have still heard of people people six, seven, eight days waiting. So they need to get this sorted and they need to make it fast if they wish to continue on to it. I was reading an interview with the uh, Director General, I think of the Consul Department. This Thailand Pass is going to be around for a while, guys. We're talking not being gone in January. It's going to be here February, March, April. They plan to keep this for quite a while. So bear that in mind that these kind of restrictions, I don't think are going to be disappearing now for a while. That's based on what the Director General of Consular Affairs has been saying. This is being done for the long run until things around the world completely stabilize. So who knows how long Thailand will be doing this. But they may find that by doing this, they're just going to end up restricting the amount of tourists that come here. And if they really do want larger numbers of tourists, all this kind of stuff does need to go. I'm not quite sure they're seeing straight right now. I think they need to see numbers of infections coming in and whether or not it's a low or high number. I think if you see relatively low numbers, then that would be probably proof to them that they can reduce the restrictions. So that's really it on that information. If we have more, obviously we'll bring it to you uh, in the next show. Looking for a good deal on real estate, vehicles, motorbikes, or anything else? Find yourself a bargain at www.thailandbuysell.com. We encourage you to support our sponsors.
and moving along, Scoot to launch non-stop flights between Bangkok and London. The new service will commence with flights from the 16th of December 2021 and will be followed by three time weekly scheduled seasonal services from March 2022, with a further review and potential increase in frequency based on demand and regulator approval. The low-cost subsidiary of Singapore Airlines that was recently named as the world's best long-haul low-cost airline made the announcement about the new non-stop service between Bangkok's Suvinabhum Airport and London's Gatwick Airport. The new service will commence with flights from the 16th of December, which will be three times a day weekly. All services will be operated by Scoot's wide-body Boeing 787 Dreamliners, offering both economy and Scoot Plus cabins, sporting features such as in-flight Wi-Fi, and the ability to upgrade to Scoot Plus or to Scoot in Silence, Scoot's offering of a quiet zone. To celebrate the launch, Scoot has released attractive fares to London starting from 5,500 Thai Bat One Way on economy and 9,900 on Scoot Plus all including taxes. Mr. Campbell Wilson, Scoot's chief executive officer, said the progressive relaxation of border restrictions presents new opportunities for airlines and travellers alike. Scoot is excited to add flights between Bangkok and Gatwick to our network, offering our unique combination of a great value and great experience with a touch of scootitude. Scoot empowers travellers to customise their flight experiences as they prefer whether it'll be extra legroom, check baggage, 10kg free cabin baggage allowance, in-flight Wi-Fi, tasty meals, Scoot in silence or just enjoy an unbeatable airfare. With Gatwick being a 30-minute rail journey to central London and Bangkok, the main city and travel hub of Thailand, there's no better opportunity to reignite your wanderlust with Scoot's new service. Scoot was the first low-cost carrier in the world to be awarded the highest health safe rating by Skytrax and Apex, simplifying for its measures to ensure the health and safety of passengers and crew, and the first low-cost carrier in the world to operate flights with fully vaccinated crew. Scoot delivers further peace of mind by offering customers the flexibility of free one-time date change as well. So that's actually quite interesting for people, and the fares and the opening fares are very, very good. So you could basically get to London for, you know, if you can find the promotional fare for close to 11, 12,000 baht. That's a fantastic deal at the moment. So yeah, if you keep your eye out for that, it would be well worth trying. Now, I flew Scoot from Phuket to Singapore before. I found them okay. They were cheap and kind of a little bit like Ryanair. You get what you pay for is the way I see it. And moving along, Phuket Airport asked to relocate testing on arrival ahead of expected tourism surge. Phuket International has formally requested that RT-PCR tests of tourists arriving from abroad no longer be conducted at the airport. The request comes ahead of an expected surge in the number of tourists this month and in the months following. The formal request came at a meeting at the airport with Phuket Vice Governor and the Phuket Provincial Public Health Office Chief Dr. Kusak Kutikun. The process takes a lot of space and requires specialised personnel Phuket Airport General Manager explained. However, current regulations under the Ministry of Transport require airports of Thailand to organise swab samples to be taken from arrivals at all six airports that the AOT operates within the country, including Suanaboom and Dunmuang International Airports in Bangkok, he said. Phuket Airport is aware of the guidelines for passenger screening to strictly comply with public health standards set by the government and strictly follow the process of international arrivals at Phuket Airport, Mr. Monchai noted. However, he added the RT-PCR test process requires many health personnel and a waiting area to be prepared and a large facility where the tests are conducted. It is estimated this month there will be an average of 2,387 international arrivals per day. Considering the increase in passenger estimates, Coupled with physical constraints at Phuket Airport, this may affect the testing process within the airport and directly affect the arrival process at the airport service quality.
There will be congestion in the terminal building and we will be unable to increase the capacity to accommodate future tourists, he added. Therefore, it is advisable to request assistance for AOT to no longer be responsible for organizing the detection of infectious diseases within Phuket Airport and we ask to consider having the test for infection conducted at a hospital or a lodging facility or a quarantine facility set by the government or a place that a partner hospital has prescribed, as the case may be, Mr. Monchai said. This is to ensure that internal operations and operations at Phuket airport are more convenient, faster and more efficient, he concluded. Phuket Governor Narang Wunsi noted in a post on his official Facebook page yesterday that AOT Phuket, which operates Phuket Airport, also requested that foreigner airlines allow passengers to prepare paper documents of RT-PCR test results for entering the country to be ready for the speed of staff and to reduce congestion. It was also requested for domestic airlines to be no longer required to have passengers present to airline staff their travel registration on gophuket.com, website or present their proof of vaccination or COVID test in order to board flights to Phuket as currently still required by provincial order issued by Phuket Governor Narang Wunsi. Governor Wunsi himself noted yesterday that removing that requirement to enter Phuket by flight needed further discussion. We will have to wait for the resolution of the next communicable disease meeting, Governor Narang said. The request to have domestic arrivals by flight landing in Phuket no longer being required to present their gophuket.com travel details, registration and proof of vaccination or COVID test to airline staff follows a AOT Phuket last Thursday confirming that no such documents were needed to passengers travelling from Phuket to Bangkok. Passengers can travel to Bangkok as usual without having to show vaccination documents or test results, AOT Phuket said plainly in its announcement. So a little bit of common sense setting in maybe by the Phuket authorities. Yes, you are going to have an increase in tourist arrivals this month and continuing on into December, January and February. And it's unrealistic to think you're going to be able to do them at quite a small airport, to be honest. I mean, they can barely handle immigration queues there. So how are they going to have space for all these PCR tests? Now, on the other hand, how is Phuket itself going to handle this? They're probably going to have to set up swap centers around Phuket to be able to do this. And in, you know, provinces like Krabi and Panya as well. So a lot of thinking and thought needs to go into this. Now this whole thing about the AOT requiring that you have it at the airport and they talk about uh, Suanaboom and Damwang. Well, that's not true because in those airports, they don't have it there. It's the hotel that's responsible for having a, a contract with a hospital and they're working together in relation to doing the PCR tests. And that's why they have the packages for the test and go in Bangkok. Whereas in Phuket, you can actually book your hotel right now and pay for your RT-PCR test separately on the Thailand PSAS system. So that can be done separately. So yeah, there's different systems. And I think a streamlining of systems across the country needs to happen. So people know the process and it shouldn't be different depending on which part of the country you land in. And that's probably one of the strange things that I've noticed, you know, is if you go to Phuket, it's one way. If you go to Bangkok, it's another way. If you go to Chiang Mai, it's another way. It shouldn't be, should be the same across the board. Prices should be the same, as I said as well. So hopefully they get stuff in order in Phuket and they're starting to realize that they're not going to be able to do it at the airport. But of course, that means private hospitals now will be out there and hopefully the price will be controlled by the government and not controlled by the private hospital because God knows what they might charge for PCR testing. But we definitely will keep an eye on that and we'll bring you more news as it comes. And next up, Joe Ferrari, six other ex-cops to be prosecuted for the murder and fatal torture case. 
The Attorney General has given the green light for the prosecution of former police Colonel Titusan Yutapan, aka Joe Ferrari, and six other former police officers on multiple charges, including premeditated murder by means of torture, malfeasance in office, illegal detention, and coercion. The Attorney General is scheduled to submit the case to the Central Criminal Court for the corruption and misconduct cases next week. Commissioner of Central Investigation Bureau, Police Lieutenant General Pudaret, told the media on Friday that the charge of premeditated murder by means of torture, of which the seven dismissed officers are indicted marks an important use of such a charge in accordance with section 289 of the penal code. He explained that previously the alleged offenders would have been indicted on premeditated murder charges in accordance with section 288 of the penal code which carries the death penalty, life imprisonment or imprisonment from 15 to 20 years. However, under section 289 the penalty is death with no imprisonment as a sentence option if the accused are convicted by the murder, said the commissioner. Titusan and his six former subordinates all attached to the Moang District Police in Akan Sawan's province are accused of using several layers of plastic bags to cover the head of a suspect, Yuropong Tanapat 24, in the police station until he fell unconscious. The victim was later sent to the district hospital where he was pronounced dead. A subsequent autopsy confirmed he died of suffocation. Titusan is also under investigation for his unusual wealth, reportedly earned from rewards he received from the customs department for the seizure of hundreds of luxurious cars reportedly smuggled into Thailand from Malaysia. Police found several expensive cars and 18 firearms at Titusan's mansion in a Bangkok suburb. So that's just a little update on Mr. Joe Ferrari. Looks like he is in a lot more trouble than he thought he was being. Now he actually can get the death penalty. And we will, of course, keep our eye on this. And hopefully when the trial does start, we'll be able to bring you some news day to day on what's going on. And then, of course, the verdict, which will be the most important part for everyone. And finally, the Phuket news. Phuket City Municipality issues Loi Kratong rules. All Kratongs to be sold in Phuket Town must be made from natural materials only and no fireworks of any kind are to be sold for the upcoming Loi Kratong Festival to be observed nationwide next Friday, November 19th. Teen surrenders for fatal stabbing in Rawai. The 19-year-old man wanted for the fatal stabbing of another teenager in Rawai last night has surrendered to police. And finally, heavy rain forecast for Phuket and the Coast. The Thai Meteorological Department has issued a weather warning affecting most of southern Thailand, including Phuket, forecasting heavy rains and possible flooding as a large wet front crosses the area from the east. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. Because yes, this is a news show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and all that good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. Now before we go, if you have something to sell on www.thailandbysell.com, it's free to place a classified advertisement, so why not head over there, sign up straight away. It's the perfect place to sell whether you're an individual or a business that's www.thailandbysell.com but ultimately my name is Kira Mack you've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show and we'll see you next time